So happy Easter to you all. It is such a joy uh, to be here with you today. I also want to welcome those of you who are joining us online from wherever you are. Maybe you're out of town, maybe you're over at the beach this weekend, or, or you live out of town or out of state, and, and we welcome you as well. So during the season of Lent, we've been talking about letting go of things. We, we often think of giving up something at Lent, and sometimes those things seem a little bit trivial, although they still can help us to uh, grow in our discipleship. So this season of Lent, we talked about things that, that we might need to let go of, things like letting go of our expectations, letting go of control, letting go of our own sense of superiority, letting go of our enemies, letting go of even our lives, our idea of our own lives. And as we let go of those things this morning, we are challenged to embrace the resurrection, to embrace resurrection. But perhaps that's not always as easy as it sounds. Um, so before I I really begin. Let me, let me invite you all to pray for me this morning, uh, to pray for me in sharing this message with you, as I will pray for you that, that maybe God will be able to speak through me a word of good news that you might need to hear today. So let's pray this morning for all of us in this place as we gather. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So early on that Sunday morning, while it was still dark outside, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb of Jesus. But when she got there, she saw that the stone had been rolled away. And in her mind, if that stone had been rolled away, that meant that somebody, the only reason they would do that is because they wanted to steal the body. They wanted to take the body. And so she was so frightened. She was horrified, actually. And she looked in and she saw these two figures standing there. I don't know if she knew they were angels. She probably didn't think of them as angels, but these two figures standing there, one at the head and one at the foot of where the body had been. And, and when she looked in and she said to, you, to them, you know, wanted to know what was going on, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And there were te tears streaming down her face face and she said because they have taken away my Lord just tell me where they have put him and then she turned around and she almost bumped into this man she didn't know who he was but she assumed him to be the gardener and and he said woman why are you weeping who are you looking for she, she was weeping because she felt alone and abandoned. They had crucified her Lord. And, and then she thought of them stealing the body. And, and that was just more than she could bear. So she sat down and she just wept. She was remembering the first day that she saw him. She suffered from this serious illness People talked about her and said that she had seven demons. She was remembering how Jesus spoke to her and, and how she felt this nearness, this closeness to him. And then he 
touched her, and the illness, it left her. And she came to herself again. She was able to, to feel and, and decide. She was free to experience the world around her again and, and learn to enjoy herself and live again. And from that point on, she followed Jesus. She became the leader of a group of women who traveled with Jesus and the other disciples. And, and actually, Joanna, Chusa, Susanna, and, and Mary, they were all women of, of means. And so they took care of Jesus and the other disciples out of their financial resources. Jesus called her Mary the Magdalene because she was from Magdala, a town on the Sea of Galilee. But she left her hometown, and she left everybody and everything she knew and followed Jesus. He was her Lord, and she served him and ministered to others in his name. So why did she weep? She wept because he had given her back her life, and now his had been taken away. Because he was her dear friend and, and her Lord, because she had traveled with him and served alongside him and, and lived in community with him day in and day out. And then she had witnessed his death. When all of the other disciples scattered out of fear, she stayed there at the foot of the cross right beside Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she was there through the agony as Jesus was executed. And now, to think that someone had stolen his body, it was just more than she could handle. So when this man, who looked like he was a gardener, said, woman, why, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She could barely get the words out. She was almost hysterical, accusing him of robbing the body, stealing the body, and pleading for it so that she could take care of it. Sir, if you've, if you've carried him away, just tell, him, tell me where he is and I'll go get him. Can you imagine her trying to get the body by herself? And then he said to her, Mary. And it was the sound of his voice and the way he said her name. She knew who it was. It was her beloved teacher, her dear friend, her Lord. Rabuni, she said, this, this term of endearment, which means my, my dear teacher. And yet as soon as the words were out of her mouth, Jesus said, don't hold on to me. Now scripture doesn't even say that he was physically, she was physically holding on to him, but somehow Jesus knew that she was holding on. Even if not physically, she calls him Rabuni. She is holding on to the way things were. You know, how often do we hold on to things the way they were? We can't seem to let go of the fear or the loss or the failure or the disappointment. Maybe you can't let go of the times when you were told that you just weren't good enough. Maybe you can't let go of the times when 
you heard these words that just keep playing in your head. Maybe you can't let go of the anger that has paralyzed you for years. Maybe you can't let go of the rejection of divorce. Maybe you can't let go of the sting of abandonment that you felt by your parents as a child. Or maybe you can't let go of your own failure as a parent. Maybe you can't let go of some kind of sin that you carry, some kind of weight that holds you down or holds you back. Maybe you can't let go of the deep sorrow of death. Jesus invites us to let go of those things and embrace resurrection. Because if we hold on to those things, we interfere with the unfolding of the new life that Jesus has in store for us. That new life that is before us. You know, nine years ago, on Palm Sunday, the week before Easter, I remember hearing about this in the news. Mindy Corcoran lost her son and her father on the very same day. William Corcoran was taking his grandson, Reet, to a rehearsal for a musical that he was in. And the location for the rehearsal was the Overland Park Jewish Community Center. Do you all remember this? On that day, a gunman from another part of Missouri drove to that community center with the intention of killing Jews. He was a leader in the Ku Klux Klan and had those, uh, those words, those, um, that, all of that in his mind that day. So he drove to the Jewish Community Center and he shot down two people in the parking lot, William and his grandson, Reet. And then he drove down the road to a Jewish assisted living facility and shot a woman in the parking lot whose mother happened to be a resident there and he shot and killed her on his way in. On her way in. Well, Mindy Corcoran heard about this shooting on the news and knew that her father was taking her son to a rehearsal at the Jewish Community Center. And so she drove and rushed to the, to the facility, to the parking lot, where she saw her father and her son both shot at close range and lying dead in the parking lot. Mindy, her sons, and her parents were all actually members at the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City. Adam Hamilton, her pastor, recalls how in the days and the weeks after their death, Mindy was a shell of herself. She was wrecked as we 
can't imagine. Or maybe we can't even imagine. She didn't have the strength, she said, to, to even dress herself or eat. And when Adam preached the memorial service, he boldly proclaimed that holy week that what happened that day was not the end of the story. Just like what happened on the cross is not the end of the story. And so, Mendy also became determined not to let hate and evil have the last word. She became determined that what happened that day would not be the end of the story. So I learned recently that she and her friends started something together. They started something called Seven Days of Kindness, a campaign that works to bring together people of different religions so that they might get to know one another, care for one another, and gain understanding about each other. And she also wrote a curriculum on kindness that is used in 60 different schools in the Kansas City area. Adam says that Mindy has had a greater impact than she would ever even imagine. All because she became committed to what is said in Romans 12.21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. She was determined that death and hatred and evil would not have the final word. You know, when our son was about four years old, um, we all went to see a movie together. Um, it was a movie that was out in the theaters at the time. Some of you may remember it. It was called Spirit, the Stallion of Cimarron. This horse movie, an animated DreamWorks movie. Now, Sid had gone to see the movie already with a friend, but we were going to go as a family. You know, Steve and I love animated movies, and we had an eight-year-old daughter, and so all of us went together to the movie theater. Now, the movie is about these two horses, and in one scene, they, they get thrown into a river and go over a, a waterfall, and, and the stallion saves the pinto, but she's laying on the bank of the river, and she appears to be dead. And then he's captured and taken away um, by, the, um, by the people. So we're sitting there in the theater, and Sid happens to be one seat away from another family. Sitting in one seat over is a little girl who's probably not even three years old. And she's sitting there with her parents beside her. And at this moment, when the one horse appears to be dead and the, and the other uh, has been captured, Sid has seen the movie. And so he knows that they both survive and they are reunited. But he looks over at this little girl, and she's sobbing. She's just sobbing. And so he looks at her, and I'm sitting beside him. He looks at her. He, he looks back at the movie. He, he looks at her again. And then he looks back at the screen. And then he looks over at a third time, and, and he reaches out his little four-year-old hand, and he touches her tiny little arm, and he said, 
it's okay. It's, it's going to be okay. Because I've seen this before and I know how it ends. You know, today we celebrate Easter because we know how it ends. We don't have to hold on to death or the agony of Jesus being crucified. We don't have to hold on to to the pain and the evil of the cross. We don't need to hold on to Jesus even the way it was. We are challenged instead to to let go of the past, to let go of everything that weighs us down, to, to let go of the way it was, and instead to embrace the resurrection and to follow the risen Christ wherever that may lead us. Because it leads us to a new way of living. It leads us into the future. And we are able to embrace that the worst thing is not the last thing. And so as you live now, and as you follow wherever Jesus leads you, never forget that we know how it ends. We know how it ends. And Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Let's pray together. Oh God, we give you thanks that you have come to us in Jesus Christ, that you have come in human form and yet, God, to be with us You walked and lived on this earth and yet because of hatred and evil you were put to death. You were executed on a cross. And yet God has overcome even death through the resurrection. There's nothing that can separate us from God's love. So God, we come this morning and and each of us is in a different place uh, perhaps there's somebody here who, who's not sure about all this stuff, um, but may want to just take that first step. And if, if that's you this morning, I just invite you to, to take that first step and to say, Jesus, I, I just, I just want to follow you. Just lead the way. For many of us here, we struggle with letting go of something that weighs us down, something that hurts us, something that has caused us deep pain or sorrow or a way that we've caused pain to others. But again, oh God, we just, we just ask that you would help us to let that go, to know that we are loved and we are freed and we are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Help us, oh God, to take another step in following you wherever you may lead us. Oh God, we are thankful. We are thankful that the worst thing is not the last thing and that you are with us. Help us, oh God, to embrace resurrection, to embrace the risen Christ and to follow him to whatever is before us in new life.
In his name, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.